0: And so tonight, amen, so tonight I want to go a step further and I want to give you another weapon, amen. This is a weapon that uh, don't too many folk really uh, know about anymore because we don't too much use this in the church, which I think we should, amen. I think we should, but those that that, that grew up in the church, um, you'll know this weapon here that we're going to talk about. Uh, tonight. Uh, there it is, pleading the blood. Amen. Now, if you grew up in the church and around them old timers uh, and in revivals and tent meetings and whatever, oh, they would plead the blood of Jesus. And you know, as a kid, I never really understood what they really meant. they are always talking about, I plead the blood. I plead the blood, the blood, the blood. Sometimes they stand over you for 15 minutes And all they would say is the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood. They'd be hollering and screaming in your ear, talking about the blood, the blood, the blood. Well, they knew something. Amen. They knew something. I trust that uh, tonight, if you don't know it, when we get through with this lesson, we'll understand how the blood pleading, the blood of Jesus is a is a is a vital um, weapon that we can use against the enemy that we try to come up, up against our minds. All right? Because the blood of Jesus is another powerful weapon that overcomes evil thoughts and imaginations. Uh, there, there is a revelation about the blood of Jesus that is important for us to remember. And that revelation is simply this, the blood of Jesus speaks victory for you. I'm going to say that again. The blood of Jesus speaks victory for you. Somebody may need to write that down. Write it down this way. The blood of Jesus speaks victory for me. Make it personal. It speaks victory for you. That's why it's important to please plead the blood of Jesus. Now, when we look at that word plead, that word plead simply means to pray. It means to pray. It means to beg. That's what it means. It means to plead, to pray. So, so we are to pray the blood of Jesus out loud over our minds when we feel attacked by the devil when you feel attacked by the devil on any area of your body, any circumstance, not just the mind, it works on more than just the mind, but we're talking about the, the imagination and the mind. So when the devil comes in and try to attack your mind, put your, put your hand on your head and take. uh oh, I plead the blood. I plead the blood of Jesus. Amen. I plead the blood of Jesus. You know, the devil's not going to come against My mind, because when we plead the blood of Jesus out loud, uh, that's the time that it it helps us because it will help you. Because the blood of Jesus, watch this, speaks powerfully. The blood still speaks. Come on, I know we sing different blood songs. The blood will never lose its power, and how it reaches to the highest mountain and flows to the lowest valley. All of that is true. Amen. And, And we sing the blood still works. I'm just wondering that are we singing singing the song and listening to the words of the song, but do we have the full revelation or meaning of the song? When we say the blood still works, what, what, what are we speaking of? The blood still works. Well, listen, I want you to know that not only does it work, but the blood yet speaks. The blood of Jesus yet speaks. I want to deal with that. I want to deal with that for a moment because this is very <clears throat> this is very important because Scripture confirms it. Scripture confirms it. And that's amazing. That's why I love the book. And that's why I would never deny the Bible, no matter what nobody says, because uh, the Bible says that the, that the, that the Bible is a uh, uh, or part of our um, statement of faith is that the Bible is inspired written. Word of God. In other words, um, it's been written and inspired uh, by the Holy Ghost, even though men wrote it. Okay. And there's there's always a connection to stories that we hear. And oftentimes we don't hear that connection. And I'm going to show you one tonight. Amen. Y'all remember Cain and Abel? Y'all remember the story of Cain and Abel? I mean, how many times have we heard about the story of Cain and Abel? But did you not know that the story of Cain and Abel was not just about Cain killing Abel? It wasn't about just him killing Abel. There's there's a redemption part, redemptive part in the story of Cain and Abel. So look at your Bibles, Hebrews 11 chapter, uh, verse number four, Hebrews 11 verse number four. Get it in your Bible. Don't just look at the screen. Highlight it in your Bibles because this is, very, this is very important. Look what it says. It says, by faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous God testifying of His gifts, and by it He, being dead, yet speak it. Don't miss that He, being dead. I, I know we're talking about Cain here, but I'm going to uh, uh, I'm going to show you something. Cain killed Abel. We're talking about Abel being dead, but but yet uh, he's speaking now. Uh, I'm quite sure you know the story, but let me just kind of rehearse it with you real quick. Uh, When the two brothers went to make a sacrifice before the Lord. Now, when you look inside that text and it says that, um, first of all, that Abel offered his sacrifice by faith. That's very important. He offered it by faith. Okay. And then it says that he offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than um, his brother Cain. And so now, Uh, the difference between the two offerings. Amen. What was the difference between the two offerings? Well, the difference between the two offerings was that uh, Abel believed God and approached and worshiped God exactly as God had said. All right. He worshiped him exactly as God had said through the sacrifice of another. In other words, the sacrifice of an animal. Okay, you know, back in those days, you had to sacrifice uh, the blood of animals. Animals had to give up uh, their lives, and so that's exactly what uh, Abel did. But Cain, watch this. Cain did not believe of God, Amen, and so he did not accept God's word. He did not approach God through the sacrifice. of of another, in other words, he didn't go out and get an animal and sacrifice the blood of an animal. Here's what he did: he made, he made a material sacrifice, an offering to God. And so, in other words, he approached God through money and earthly gifts. That ain't what God had told them. That was not, uh, that was not the commandment. And so, through the efforts and fruits of human works. OK, uh, the fruit born of the earth, the fruit born by his own human, frail, aging and dying hands. So what he did, he just took a piece of fruit and, and offered it. it. It was nothing to it. He had plenty of it. Uh, I guess if we would say in today's time, you try to give the Lord a fruit basket, you know, something that you put in somebody's room. If you have a guest evangelist, you make a nice fruit basket. That wasn't what the Lord had told them. Okay. And so, 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 so he goes out and what does he do? He kills his brother. Cain kills uh, uh, Abel. Okay. He kills him. So I know we've been talking about uh, Joseph and his brothers, but well, there was trouble way before Joseph and, and, and his brothers. Amen. It started right here, the two, the, the two firstborn, Cain and and Abel. But then look at what that text says. You should have your Bibles open because this is very important. It says, he being dead yet speaketh. Look at the first part of that verse. Look at the first part of that verse. And the first part of that verse says, by faith. Now, we got to put these two together, okay? By faith and he being dead yet speaketh. First thing I want you all to know that death does not silence the voice of faith. I'm going to say it again. Death cannot silence the voice of faith. Okay? And so, and so what does what does Abel say though he's dead? He's saying something to us. Now, you have to understand he's not literally speaking all right with his voice, okay? But he's 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 making a proclamation. He's making a decree. He's making an announcement. Okay, he's making an announcement. Look at what he's speaking. All right, I'm gonna let's go through this quickly. I'm not gonna spend a lot of time because I want to get to the main point of this. Look at what he is speaking. First of all, there's a picture of Cain killing Abel. Bless his heart. Amen. First of all, we have the, the redemption in his proclamation, okay, in him speaking, okay, because Abel's death resulted in an emphasis upon the message of redemption in the Lamb of God. See a lot of time we just thinking, oh here, Cain killed Abel, oh, that was a good story. No. How many of y'all know all things work together? And this Paul might have wrote that many, 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 many years later, but God was always at work, all right. And even through the killing of Abel, God was going. God was showing His redemptive work, okay. Because when you look back at that text, you'll see that Abel was justified by faith. When it says that 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 God testifieth, in other words, okay, <clears throat> that means he, uh, Abel was justified by faith in Christ's blood which he acknowledged in type. Now, when I say acknowledged in type, I mean in form, in style, by going and getting an animal, okay, and sacrificing the blood of the animal, right? Did you guys not know that was a type of Christ? Uh-oh, the shedding of innocent blood, all right? Now, I'm not saying that those animals were sinless because, you know, I don't know when it comes to, you know, sin and everything. When it comes to animals, I don't quite know how that operate. And, uh, you know, there was a movie that said all dogs go to heaven. I don't know about all of that. And so I'm not going to get into that. But I'm quite sure, Brother Chris, that animal was pretty innocent as far as minding its business. It had to be pure. It had to be a pure animal. OK, uh, a pure animal, pure blood. And so, well, watch this. By them shedding the blood, by Abel taking the animal and shedding the blood, hey, my God, that was that was that, that was a type, that was a form, all right. That was a style. When I say style, because Jesus, you know, was slain before the foundation of the world, according to Scripture. Okay, him being crucified was just a fulfillment of the Scripture. All right. And so, so when I look at, when I look at Abel, I see the redemption. And then secondly, I see the reproach, the reproach in his proclamation. All right. When we speak of the reproach, I speak of the scolding, the scolding, the uh, reprimanding, reprimanding. Okay. When we speak of the, um, the reproach. Okay. Because here's the thing, Abel's death. Speaks of persecution. <laughs> the reproach of the enemy of God. Notice, I'm gonna say it again. It speaks of persecution. Okay, what nobody said. If you look at that picture that's up there, uh, 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 Cain is persecuting his brother Abel. Okay, it doesn't look like a lot of pain is taking place, it, it, and a lot, a lot is going on. Abel's death speaks of persecution. Cain became an enemy of of Abel, okay? I mean, he had to be an enemy in order to kill him. You don't kill your friend. You don't kill nobody that you love. Come on. And and notice, I like to say this because notice when all of this took place. Notice when all the bitterness took place. Notice when all the strife took place. Notice when all of the uh, 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 getting into uh, Cain's mind to even kill his brother. Notice when it all took place. It all took place during worship. I want you guys to let that sink in. It all took place during worship. It took place because of worship. <laughs> okay, because they bring in something to the Lord. What does that tell us? That tell us the devil don't care who he uses. When he uses you, he could care less. You could get through singing a sermonic solo and somebody fool around and make you mad. And and the devil have you take him out in the parking lot and try to whoop him. And you say, hey, aren't you the one that just got there singing that solo, setting the church on fire? You need to understand the devil don't care. Okay. The devil don't care. And then the third thing in here, when I look at Cain and Abel, I see the retribution. I see the retribution. Okay. When you speak of retribution in his proclamation, and once again, in his announcement, in his decree, he being dead, yet speaking. Um, when we speak of, of retribution, we're speaking of payback. We're speaking of justice. Okay because Abel's speaking reminds us that Cain was judge of God for his evil, okay? And and Abel's speaking says, here's what it says, that sin does not go unnoticed by God, but will be judged by God, okay? All sin will be judged by God. So here we have Cain, He kills Abel. All right. We see the redemption in there. I see the reproach. I see the retribution. Well, that's in the 11th chapter. Now, y'all flip on over to the 12th chapter. Flip over to the 12th chapter of the book of Hebrews and look at verse number 24. And I would really, 23 and 24. I would really encourage you all and I really would. Uh I want to look at verse number 24. I put up here 23 and 24, but I want to look at verse 24. Hebrews the 12th chapter, verse 24. Now, look at what he says in the next chapter. All right. He says, "And to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, don't miss it, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. (laughs) He speaketh better things than that of Abel. Through the sprinkling of blood, all right? Through the new covenant, Jesus, our mediator. And y'all know a mediator is a person that go in between, all right? A mediator is an intercessor, all right? The go-between person. So in the 11th chapter, we're talking about uh, 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 Abel being dead yet speaketh. In the 12th chapter, the author talks about the new covenant, all right, which was better than, all right, that of Abel. And so basically what he's saying is that the new approach to God is by the new covenant, all right, the covenant of God's grace, Now, I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about God's grace, but somebody ought to just shout, thank God for his grace. Because, watch this, as many times as we have allowed our minds and our imaginations loose, it was nobody, it was nothing but God's grace that has kept us, all right, that has sustained us. And this is what the new covenant was all about. Okay, because in order for their sins to be forgiven in the old covenant, once again, you have to go get an animal, he had to be an innocent animal, you have to shed the blood of that animal. I don't know about you, but I'm glad I don't have to go out there and get no animal every week, cut him up and, and, and bring him on first Sunday doing Holy Communion. Could you imagine that? Some of y'all have trouble just taking the little cup and and, and, and eating a little bit of bread, You're talking about how nasty the wafer is. This so nasty, this is stale. Could you imagine? All right. Having to go kill an animal and put the blood on the altar of the church. So the new approach to God is by the new covenant. All right. It's by the new covenant. We ought to thank God for the new covenant. And this is why I said this is the covenant of the New Testament. All right. The way that a person really becomes acceptable to God. You see, that's another trick that the devil try to play with our minds. He tried to make us feel like we're not acceptable to God. Well, I got good news and bad news. It just kind of depends on how you take it. We really are not acceptable unto God because there's no good thing in our flesh. And so we're not, we're not, okay? But watch this. It's because of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the grace of God's very own son, is the only way a person can ever be perfected and acceptable to God. is through the grace of God's very own son. Let's get that understanding, okay? Now, when I look at, when I look at, hallelujah, when I look at that verse, and I want you guys to read that whole chapter, the the 11th chapter and the 12th chapter. I'm just kind of running through one verse, amen, but read the whole thing and then you will understand because in there, you will see six wonderful in this in, in the 12th chapter. You're gonna see six wonderful facts about this approach. Six facts about the approach. What approach, Pastor? The approach of the new covenant. Okay, the covenant of God's grace. What is a covenant? It's an agreement. Okay. And it's one thing to talk about. Uh, imagination in the mind and all that good stuff. But it's another thing to know how we got where we are. Okay, uh, we got to, you have to know, you just can't just say the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, and it's automatically going to work for you. You can't do that. Just saying the blood of Jesus is not going to just work for you. Okay, so, so, so we need you to understand how we get to this point. Pleading the blood of Jesus is what it does. It it, it puts on the important piece of God's armor. That's what it does. It put on the most important piece, which is the helmet of salvation. All of this goes back, okay? That's how we are able to plead the blood of Jesus and be effective in doing it is the fact that he has saved us. He has delivered us. We have become partners with him. Well, co-labors with him, okay? You're gonna see this later on in just a few more minutes. And so that's, that's that. the blood of Jesus is active and alive. It's alive today. When we say it'll never lose its power, guess what? It will never lose its power. So it forever speaks on your behalf. Don't miss that. The blood is constantly Speaking on your behalf you, you you're looking for somebody else to speak up for you and that's fine if, if that's what you need but I've come here tonight to show y'all the blood of Jesus is constantly speaking in your behalf you either believe it or you don't okay you ought to, you 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 either live in it you either walk by that okay by faith come on it was by faith that that Abel Hallelujah. Gave a better sacrifice. Everything got to be by faith. OK, everything must be by faith. And, 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 and so this is why this is why the devil cannot hearing about the blood. He, the devil can't stand the blood because you know what? If, the, if a drop of that blood got on the devil, <clears throat> he wouldn't be the devil no more because it's so powerful. He runs from the blood. Come on. That's why we got to stay covered under the blood of Jesus. Because when we get under the blood, when we get under the blood, every part of our life is under the blood. Your mind is under the blood. This old flesh is under the blood, right? And so we got to plead the blood of Jesus. But that's why, I'm gonna say it again, the devil can't handle hearing about it because his why. The blood speaks redemption. The blood speaks deliverance. The blood speaks blessings for you and I. Hallelujah. And then the blood speaks judgment for the devil. Oh, thank you, Jesus. And so what's this? Vain imaginations are no match For our spiritual weapons, it is no match. Devil made me do it. No, you did it because you wanted to do it. Because if you plead the blood of Jesus, okay, somebody, some of y'all like the little boy who who father told him you couldn't go swimming. He said, Don't you go swimming? Don't you go swimming? That big swimming pool in the backyard. It was a hot summer day. Said, Don't go swimming. Don't go swimming. That little boy, you know how little kids do. Snuck out there and jumped inside that pool. Thought he was going to get out in time before his father came outside and he got out of the pool. And his daddy come outside, saw that he was all wet and said, did not, I tell you not, to get inside of that pool. The little boy said, yeah, but, but the devil made me do it. He said, the devil, the devil made me do it. The devil made me do it. His father said, well, how come you didn't tell the devil to get thee behind you? Get thee behind me. He said, He said, daddy. I did tell the devil to get behind me and and he got behind me and pushed me in. All right, you all to get that later on. So no, the devil didn't, okay? Stop blaming stuff on the devil, okay? Plead the blood of Jesus, okay? And when we plead the blood, vain imaginations, they're no match for the blood of Jesus. Plead the blood all in your house. Plead the blood on your job. Plead the blood when you're in the car. Just the blood of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus. The blood come up against you in the mighty name of Jesus. All right, and so scripture tells us, write down Revelation 12 and verse number 11. Revelation 12, verse number 11. Look at what scripture tells us. Scripture says, and they overcame him by the blood, here it is of the lamb, and by the word of their testimony. hallelujah. and they loved not their lives unto the death. here look here, they overcame by the blood of the lamb and and by the word of their testimony. Saints, listen, I keep telling y'all this. The word of God spoken out of your mouth in faith is your testimony of power. Oh, I'm gonna say that again so you can get it. All right, I'm gonna say it again because sometimes I think we even get confused at what we're supposed to even be testifying about. All right. You know, some you know. I have a testimony. I have a testimony. Here's how you make a testimony powerful. I'm going to show y'all now. The word of God spoken out of your mouth in faith is your testimony of power. Your testimony is what Jesus has done for you, not what you've done for Jesus. All right, everybody wanna tell what they've done for the Lord. No, there's no power in that, okay? Your testimony is what Jesus has done for you. And then when you look at the word overcame, it says, and they overcame him. Speaking of the devil, the word overcame means to get the best of, the better of. They overcame, okay? Such as in a struggle or conflict. Okay, so 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 what, what's this? It don't mean it don't mean that you escaped out the door. It don't mean you jumped out the window. Oh, I'm an overcomer because I jumped out the window. That's not what that means. I, I, I need to help the saints. Okay, that don't mean because you got on a plane and flew to another city and never heard from that person ever again. That, oh my god, I overcame that individual. That's not what that means. Let's look at the correct meaning of that word. Okay, and the correct meaning of the, of the word overcome means or overcame means to get the better of. Okay, it means to watch this prevail over opposition and temptation. Okay, it means to prevail. I hope y'all are writing this down. It means to prevail over, to to triumph, to to predominate. Uh oh, hallelujah. It means to predominate, to be victorious. Okay? It means to succeed. All right? And so, so, so we overcame. All right? Uh, use it to conquer the world of vain imaginations in your life. Use it. Use your testimony. Come on here. Through the Word of God. Everything goes back to faith and the Word of God. Everything goes back to faith and the Word of God. You can't even be saved without faith. You have to have a measure of faith to even be saved because you have to believe that he is, all right? You have to believe in your heart. Then you confess with your mouth, but you got to believe first. So watch this. My God, ain't that amazing? You have to believe and talk. Some of y'all want to be silent. You can't be victorious and stay silent. Come on, I'm a quiet person, pastor, okay? That's why the devil keeps beating you up because you're a quiet person. You got to learn how to speak the word. Sometimes you got to speak it with force. All right, let me move on. So I get at least part of what I want to get through tonight. And so I wanted you all to see that here tonight. So we understand that. We understand, number one, another one of our weapons, plead the blood of Jesus, because the blood still speaks. It still speaks, all right? Because when you speak it, all right, under the anointing of God and in, and in the power of God and the spirit of God, when you speak it, the blood is still speaking. All right. Go to Jude. Jude <laughs> 1 and 20. I want to deal with another. I want to deal with another one real quick. Jude 1 and 20. While you're looking up Jude one and twenty, we're going to deal with effective prayer. Effective prayer. And somebody say, "Oh Lord, let me touch the time we got to talk about prayer." Well, we're going to talk about effective prayer. The effectual prayer of the righteous does what? It avails much. All right, we we, yeah, we we're going to talk about effective prayer, and we're going to dig into this one. We're going to, we're going. To, I hope, hope you all ready. I hope you came ready for Bible study tonight. Amen. I don't want to just deal with the basis of prayer. We've been dealing with the basis of prayer for a long time. All right, time now that we get a little deeper into uh, what effective prayer really is, is all about. When you look at James 1 and 20, I have to start here because it says, But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. I'm reading it slow so that you guys could hear every word. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Uh Uh-oh. I'm going to say that again. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. All right. When I first look at that scripture there in dealing with with effective prayer, and I know we love to just run and jump down to the last portion of that verse. and We want to pray in the Holy Ghost. We want to pray in the Holy Ghost. It's amazing how we always want to get to the latter part of the verse. We want to we bypass the first part because you know what? There will be no praying in the Holy Ghost if you don't build yourselves up. <laughs> That's why he starts that text like that. Okay. Because the believer builds upon the foundation of holy faith. We build upon the foundation of holy faith. All right? And so, what does this mean? What does this mean? What does does this mean? Okay. By faith, when we say by faith, is meant our beliefs, our beliefs the body of truth that we have learned from scripture, from scripture, okay? Right now, I'm not talking about the, what we believe in the statement of faith that's on the back of our programs for the Holy Convocation. That ain't what I'm speaking of, all right? Even though those are scriptures, but y'all don't understand what I mean by the, the statement of faith. By faith, it's our belief. The body of truth, that we have learned from scripture. It is the the holy scripture that tells us about God and his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and about man and his world. Now this is very significant. It's very significant for it means that our beliefs are not our own opinions nor the opinions of any other man. You got to know that you know that you know that you know. That's the reason why it's very important that you know the word of God for yourself. See, when you know the word of God for yourself, then can't nobody just bring you a bunch of just nothing. Because automatically you'll say, uh-uh, that don't align up with the word of God, Okay. I don't that don't align up with my faith, which once again, what is your faith? All right, is what you read in the holy scriptures. Okay, and so our beliefs come directly from Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit of God as they inspired the prophets to write the Holy Scripture. So this is where we get it from. Faith cometh by what? Hearing, hearing the word of God. Okay, so the word of God is very important. And so I want you to remember that holy means, because he says, your your holy faith. So somebody, but that's going to do it. Was there an unholy faith? <laughs> well, I wouldn't quite say it's an unholy faith, but I would say that y'all y'all did have faith in that chair you sat down in because you just sat down in it. You didn't check to see what not it was going to hold you up. Okay. Some of y'all had faith in com your, that your computer was going to come on. Cause you signed on right at 6:30, so you just knew that computer was gonna come on and you was gonna be on time. That's faith in your computer. Okay, I'm not gonna call it unholy faith, but okay, when we speak of holy faith, we speak in a faith that is surrounded and built according to the word of God. Okay, and so holy means separate, it means set apart, it means different. And so our holy faith is far different from all other faiths. Okay? it is a faith that is not based on. Once again, opinion, speculation, and the imaginations of men. It is, it, is, it is faith that has been separated and set apart from man's ideas about God in life. All right. And so here's the point. Here's the point. Believers are to build up their lives upon their holy faith. Build your lives on your holy faith. All right. So in other words, he's saying we have to study, we have to meditate, we have to learn, we have to memorize, we have to live out the scripture. How are you going to build yourselves up? If if you don't build yourselves on the word of God, the, the holy scripture day by day, I mean, you have to eat it. You have to you have to eat the whole roll because that's how you build yourselves up. How I many y'all know when you're built up, when you feel good, even naturally, when you got plenty of rest and you're nice and poor, nice glass of iced tea, you're feeling good, feel like you can conquer the whole world because you feel good. Okay, but when you worked all day long, you're tired, you haven't eaten, you got a headache, your feet is hurting and your stomach is bubbling, come on, you need to build yourself up physically. And that's all he's saying. Build yourself, build yourself up spiritually. Okay. And the only way to do that, the only way to do it, okay, is we have to study, study the Holy faith, study the living word of God. That's how we do it. And so then when you look at Jude 20, the latter part of it, verse one and 20, this is one of the most misunderstood and often controversial spiritual weapons that we as believers have. It's probably one of the best weapons that we have. All right. And that is what? He says, Praying in the Holy Ghost. In other words, praying in the spirit. Now, it's controversial, and, and God's word is always true. So when I speak of it, it's kind of controversial. It's controversial on interpretation and how people try to make it fit whatever situation they want it to fit. Okay? So that's why you have to be very careful in reading the scripture and allowing God to speak to your heart in regards to the scripture. Because it is. This scripture is one of the most Misunderstood scripture when it speaks of praying in the spirit. Okay, there is a such thing as praying in the spirit. So somebody would say, well, what does it mean? What does it mean to pastor pray in the spirit? Well, I I, I want you to I want you to get it because some folk perhaps have been saved all this time. and You've never prayed in the spirit. Uh Oh, but that's okay. Don't worry about it. Because here's what to pray in the spirit means, and it means, and I'm going to take it a step further, but I'm going to get to this first part of it, of what it means. It means that we pray under his guidance and influence, and that word influence means his control, under his energy and power. That's what it means to pray in the spirit. Now, that's this. His guidance, his influence. All right. In other words, his control under his energy. I like that part. And power. So now how many of us are guilty of getting on our knees knees at night to pray and doze off and go to sleep? You praying in the flesh. Come on here, somebody. You're praying in your own flesh. All right. Because if you were praying under his guidance and under his influence and control and his energy, you would be dozed off snoring. Y'all don't like it, but it's the truth. Okay? So when we pray in the Spirit, He takes control. You're going to see this in a minute. He'll take control. So I ask you what that scripture also means when He says pray in the Spirit under His guidance, under His control, and under His energy. That means also praying in tongues with the unction of the Holy Ghost. Okay, praying in tongues with the unction of the Holy Ghost. Uh, uh, write down uh, John seven and thirty-eight. Look what Jesus said. Jesus said, "He that believeth on me, as the Scripture hath said, out of his belly shall what flow rivers of living water." And so here's what happened. Christ presents Himself right here symbolically as the water of life and indicates that all who come to him for salvation will receive the Holy spirit. It is an invitation to all with a great promise. And so what Jesus is doing in this scripture is he is referring to your innermost being that is from your spirit within Okay, your innermost being out of your belly shall flow. All right, out of your belly shall flow. In other words, it's gonna get beyond your vocal cords. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living waters. And so Paul taught that, watch this. So Paul says, even when it comes to us praying, Romans eight twenty six. look what it says. It says, likewise, the spirit also helpeth our infirmities. That word infirmities mean ailments, frailties, disabilities, weaknesses. He says, So we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Okay, I don't want you guys to miss that. And so, and so. Now let's get to the meat of this: praying in the spirit, praying in tongues. That's a potent. It's a potent weapon to stop the war against your mind. So when the onslaught of imaginations attack, you we need to know how to open up our mouths. Pray in the spirit. Pray out of yourself. Pray in other tongues until you get the victory. Come on here, somebody. Now, now now Paul Paul says something. Paul really Paul really says something in, in First Corinthians. I'm not gonna hold you long tonight. First Corinthians, the 14th chapter, verse 14 and 15. Paul says, For if I pray in unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. Then he says in verse number 15, what is it then? I will pray with the spirit and I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the spirit and I will sing with the understanding also. Okay. So, so what is, what is, what is, what is, what is he saying here? And I want want y'all to get this. When you read that, read the whole chapter, 13th chapter and the 14th chapter, 15th chapter, especially the 14th chapter, because Paul talks about tongues. Paul says, you know, I speak in more tongues than anybody. Paul says, you can't speak, you you can't beat me at speaking in tongues. But Paul says, now, wait a minute, there are certain kinds of tongues. There are different types of tongues. This is what I want y'all to understand. There are different types of tongues. When you look at the book of Acts, the first chapter, uh, 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 or yeah, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were always one accord. You you, you guys know that scripture and how they all began to speak in unknown language. Okay, that unknown language was a type of tongue, but watch this. They were speaking different languages. That was how the Holy Ghost had failed so everybody could understand each other in their own language. That was a form of tongues from when the Holy Ghost came, the birth of the Holy Spirit. All right, then Paul talks about tongues. He says, watch this. Paul says, if you want the greatest gift, the greatest gift isn't speaking in tongues. You want the gift of interpretation. I'm going to show you, you guys some here. He said, because what good do it do to speak in tongues and nobody understand? So you speak in tongues, all right? Maybe I shout to your old Sunday. You know, you know, got a whole lot of tongues. You know, different kind. Okay, you come in on the hat. hey glory, different kind. You don't understand that. So bottom line is, when a person stand up in church and speak in tongues for twenty minutes, and there's no interpretation, then what happens to me? You just wasting my time. Bottom line, you wasted twenty minutes of my time because there's no interpretation. Okay. And so this is basically what Paul is saying. Paul is saying here, he said, if I pray, listen Eddie, in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth. His spirit is praying, but my understanding is unfruitful. But he said, I want to pray with the spirit. I want to pray with understanding. I want to sing with the spirit. I want to sing with understanding. Now, so he said, in order for me to do that, I need to do it in the spirit. So when you pray in the spirit, that means watch what happens. You're praying. In other words, God is in control. My God. Remember, he says you don't know what to pray. So you get down and you begin to pray. Okay. Then the Holy Ghost takes over your prayer. When was the last time the Holy Ghost took over your prayer? That's what I want to know. Because you all do know the Holy Ghost will take over your prayer. See, you get down on your knees with your fleshly list. And that's the reason why the devil keep on beating people from pillar to post, cause we get no further than what we want, our little fleshly list. But God says there's more to this than your little list. <laughs> God said I want to take you, I want to take you beyond that. To watch this, when you pray in the spirit, and when you pray in, 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 in tongues. You don't need everybody sit standing around listening to you speaking tongues. Y'all ain't gonna talk back here to me. See, some people want to speak in tongues to make them make them feel like make the church think you deep. You ain't deep. Speaking more tongues than you do English. You ain't deep. Once again, if there's no interpretation, you've wasted my time. I'm gonna say it again. But when you pray in the spirit, watch this. It edifies you. Here's the point I'm gonna get to. It edifies you. It sustains you. It helps you defeat the enemy. Okay? It helps you pull down every stronghold. Okay? It's a weapon. It's a weapon. And listen, those who have experienced it and still experiencing it, and those who haven't experienced it, God, pray for the experience. But wait, watch this. Uh, not just the praying in tongues portion of it because it's something that goes before that. You must, when it says pray in the Spirit, that means that you allow God to take total control of you. Total control of you. <clears throat> it means, it, 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 watch this, it also means when we pray in the Spirit, here you go, that we seek and ask His help as we approach the throne of grace. when was the last time when you got ready to pray, you just asked God to help you, show you how you are to approach. Sometimes we don't get what we want because our approach is wrong. Come on here, somebody. You can't approach the throne of God any kind of way and expect God to do it. Huh? He reigns on the unjust like he reigns on the just. So because God gives you stuff, don't be thinking that, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm in line with God. That could be a trick of the enemy. We have to watch our approach when we come to the throne of grace. All right? Praying in the spirit means, here, here's what it means, that we focus our minds and concentrate upon the Holy Spirit, helping us to pray. And we depend upon him to help us. That means we don't just jump down on our knees and start going at it. Uh-oh. No, I need the God to lead me into what I should be praying for. I'm talking about praying in the spirit now, okay? Then brain in the spirit means that we act and we depend upon the Holy Spirit. Watch this. To cleanse our requests. Uh-oh. Cleanse our requests and make sure that what we act is according to the will of God. I'm talking about walking in the spirit, y'all. Those that walk in the spirit, that's what you do. God, cleanse my requests. If my request ain't holy, if my request is not going to edify, if my request is not going to build me up, cleanse my request. Boy, I wonder when God look at our to do list for Him, how much of it would be cleansed? Cleanse our request. What's this? When we walk in the Spirit, huh? If we walk in the Spirit day by day. And we offer, watch this, unbroken prayer to God all day long. Now watch this. That don't mean that we're on our knees all day praying. Now if you got to go to work, he expect you to work. But right, watch this, while you're working. Now you ain't uh, over there putting oil everywhere and anointing folk and laying hands on people. But right in the quietness of where you are, in the quietness of your heart, you have a prayer, you have a connection with the Holy Spirit. You <laughs> you yeah, come on. We can't joke and jive and jest all day long and then expect to plead the blood of Jesus against the enemy and then it's going to work like this. It don't happen. <clears throat> it takes more than the formula. It takes more than just saying it. Remember them fellas that tried to do what Jesus did? cast the devil out of that man and what did that devil do? The devil came out of that man and whooped them fellas then took their clothes, sent them back to Jesus naked. Because they had the formula, but they didn't have the power that came along with it. Okay? It takes more than a formula to get these minds together. It takes walking in the spirit. All right? And so, last but not least, it means that we set time aside every day, wrestle in prayer. Sometimes you got to wrestle in prayer. You got to wrestle in prayer. You got to get bypassed now that lay me down to sleep. I pray to the Lord, my soul to keep. You have to wrestle in prayer, okay, before God, for the needs of loved ones, when healing needs to take place, when deliverance needs to take place, my God, you have to to wrestle in prayer. God, I don't know what to pray, but I'm getting down here now because I'm allowed the Holy Spirit to take over my prayer, and I want God to touch my mind and my heart and my spirit in order to do it. I complete the blood of Jesus. That's a very important weapon. And also praying in the spirit. I didn't want to get all deep into tongues and different things like that because, see, all that ain't part of this. All right? That's how you pray in the spirit. You allow God to control. Your, your approach is different. Okay, God, I know what I need to be praying about, but before I start praying, God, I want to make sure that I'm in tune with you. Okay, so that means it's going to take time. It's going to take sacrifice, and it's going to take a made-up mind, and once again, persistence and determination. All right, in order for us to get rid of these vain imaginations, and God to keep our minds, and our hearts, and our spirit.